0: Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions I'll tell you like I'll tell them all? Call my friends at InventHelp. Call InventHelp today for free information. InventHelp can submit your invention to companies who are interested in receiving new ideas. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-3719. That's 1-800-352-3719. Radio Influence. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill.
1: Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. Of course, I'm your host, Vincent Hill, and here we are third day of 2017 and i hope everyone had a very safe happy new year i know i did i was on the road a lot i was in south carolina on friday because i wanted to go out and hang out with my daughter so my son and i took the drive down to south carolina Uh, we got a chance to hang out we went to uh watch the ufc fights and ronda rousey's uh much anticipated big return which obviously didn't go her way uh so I was in Carolina Friday night. I finally got a chance to see our family Christmas pictures. And I don't know if you remember right before Christmas uh, how I talked about the, uh, the dreaded Christmas pictures that my family took. And we were dressed in all red. And it's official. Yes, we did look like a gang of bloods. The only thing that was missing for me was the easy e-jerry curl. And then I would have looked straight out of Compton. Uh, we had my dad, who was the OG. We had my my brother's uh, father-in-law, who was another OG. I guess I'd be considered an OG. And then we had, of course, uh, my niece, my nephew, and my daughter, who I guess are the new bloods of the family. But uh, again, you know, there's so much red in that picture. Uh, next year, I'm going to protest and make sure we w- wear a neutral color so we don't look like a bunch of gang members in the Christmas picture. So Saturday, I actually headed down to Tampa, and I got a chance finally to meet my friend Jerry Petock over at RadioInfluence.com. Now, I've known Jerry for about eight years. Uh, we go way back, back to when I was this crazy guy who wrote this book called Playbook to a Murder about the death of Steve McNair. Jerry was with CBS Radio uh, at the time. He called me up reached out, had me on a few of his radio shows, which was a huge, huge impact to the success of Playbook Tour Murder, which, of course, led to my second book, Incomplete Pass. So I am forever in Jerry's debt. Whether he knows it or not, I'm forever in his debt. i thank him more than he can ever know. I also hung out with Jason Floyd, the other uh, owner of RadioInfluence.com. We sat down, we strategized about 2017, and some big things that we're working on, for 2017, And I don't want to divulge too much information, but I assure you it will be pretty big. There will be several episodes coming up on something that I think a lot of people will be interested to hear in a way they've never heard it before. It will be a RadioInfluence.com exclusive, but a lot of people will want to hear this great, great story that we're working on for 2017. And it will culminate around July. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And I capped my New Year's Eve off by falling asleep at around 12.05 in the morning. But hey, at least I got to watch the ball drop, right? Uh, So Sunday we got up. My son and I headed to the beach in Tampa. Beautiful weather, beautiful weather, about 85 degrees. Uh, We were out on the beach, uh, you know, just hanging out, throwing the football in the water. Then we made the very, very long drive back to Atlanta, Georgia, and we get back here, and it's 45 degrees and raining. So I wish right now I was still in Tampa. And speaking of bringing 2016 to an end, I want to take this opportunity right now to thank each and every one of you for making Beyond the Badge what it is right now. I'm very humbled and very appreciative that Over 150,000 people in 2016 downloaded this podcast beyond the badge. And for those that are in mainstream media, 150,000 downloads probably doesn't sound like a lot. But for this crazy guy who used to be a cop, who tells stories from a police point of view, so people can actually get an understanding of what really happens in the street outside of what you see on Facebook, Twitter, Twitter. World Star, CNN, mainstream media, to me that means a lot. That a hundred and fifty thousand people downloaded this show, took the time out to listen to me for thirty minutes, forty five minutes, an hour, however long the show was, that to me is huge. And for twenty seventeen, I think no no. I know I can double those numbers because this show is picking up Speed. It's picking up momentum. And I think there's a mass majority of people that actually want to hear things unbiased, but also in your face, smash mouth truth. So, to those 150,000 people, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I greatly appreciate you. Now, let's get into it. Enough about the Blood's Christmas special. I'm sorry the Hill family pictures. enough about all of that, enough about what I did for New Year's. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. And the first thing I want to talk about, of course, we've talked about it before, Chicago. And I'm not talking to the, the uh, Chicago Bulls. I'm talking about the Chicago crime rate. And I just gave you my stats for 2016. Let's look at the stats of Chicago for 2016. They ended the year in Chicago with 762 homicides, 762 homicides. That is crazy to me. It's the most in two decades that the city has seen. And it's more than New York and Los Angeles combined. So one city had more homicides than two of the nation's largest cities. Think about that. One city had more murders Than New York and Los Angeles, where there are Bloods and Crips combined. Chicago saw 1,100 more shootings in 2016 than they did in 2015, ending the year right at 3,550 shootings. 3,550 shootings. And I saw a post on, on Twitter and it made me think, and it's actually a reality. There were only... 340-something people killed in a city in the Middle East based on terror attacks. But in the United States of America, 762 people were killed in one city. So you have to ask yourself, which one of these is considered terror? 340 people? 762 people? people or 3,550 shootings in one year. That sounds like terror. It sounds like Chicago is living as a third world country ran by a terroristic group, ISIS, you name it. That's what Chicago sounds like. But we heard from uh, the mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, over the last year or two, talking about police reform And all of this other stuff and laying the blame at police and, you know, basically doing what we saw from the administration for the last eight years and essentially taking the side of the criminal. All the while, though, that his numbers were rising, his crime numbers were rising in that city. And you have to ask yourself, is it really police reform issue or is it a crime issue? All right. So Rahm Emanuel goes out. He says that, oh, Chicago will be a safe city for refugees. This is a sanctuary city. We will keep you safe. Well, Rahm Emanuel, you can't even keep your American citizens of Chicago safe when you had 762 homicides. Now, whether a lot of that was gang related, drug related, what have you, whether those 3,000 plus shootings were gang related or drug related. The fact is you can't keep your citizens of Chicago safe because let's not forget Dwayne Wade's cousin who was shot and killed while walking her little baby down the street. Let's not forget the nine year old little boy who was taken into an alley and shot because it was gang retaliation on something his dad did. You can't keep the citizens of Chicago safe, but you will Spend millions and millions of dollars to keep refugees safe because it's a sanctuary city. There's something wrong with that logic, but let's look at the the root cause, and I'm using big words, root cause analysis, right? I guess I've been in corporate America a little too long, but let's look at the root cause of what's going on in the city of Chicago, and I think the superintendent Eddie Johnson is kind of on the right path, you know he said that. Well, one of the things I don't agree with was he said part of it was because Chicago police released the video of the shooting death of 17 year old Laquan McDonald, who was shot 16 times. I really don't think that has anything to do with a rise in crime. Right. Because if anything, that would be a rise in protests and riots, not a rise in homicides and shootings. Uh, but one thing he did say that I, I agree with and I've said on this show before is police don't want to be the next Internet sensation. Now, we're not talking, you know, a Twitter sen- sensation or Instagram sensation of a, a picture of a model or something or somebody that thinks they're a model and they think they're an instant uh, Internet sensation. No, we know how policing is these days. We know there's someone watching. There's someone With the video camera. A cell phone video. And they're going to wait. Into that moment of escalation. To start recording. And then you are the next racist cop. Or you are the next bad cop. Or you are the next cop. Who used too much force. That wasn't warranted. And your family. Yourself. Your friends are going to get drugged through the mud. For weeks. Months. And years. And one thing i said way back when way back when and i even said it on cnn the day after christmas 2014 i said you will see cops stop being react proactive and becoming more reactive and i've said it on the show once cops are not being proactive your crime rate rate will go up and that's what's happening In the city of Chicago, that's what Superintendent Johnson has said. Police are not being proactive. They're being reactive because they don't want to be that guy or that uh, lady on the news as the bad cop. Right. You know, because here's the thing. These criminals watch TV. They pay attention to the media and they make this an opportunity to commit felonies. And what do you mean by that, Vince? Well, it's simple. Well, most criminals now will say, oh, the way the current climate is, the the mindset that the administration has put this country in, it's okay for me to go out, carjack someone, shoot someone's mother, then take their car and go rob five people and kill one of them. All of that is okay. But if a white police officer, or nowadays, even if a black police officer approaches me, chases me, I resist, I pull my gun and shoot, then I know the administration is going to have my back. I know Rahm Emanuel is going to have my back. I know people will protest on my behalf. I know they will go find my Easter Sunday picture and post it on on the media for everyone to see to make me look like this great kid. So why not go out and commit crime? Why not go out and have 762 homicides? Why not? And guess what? If I was still policing. And as hardcore as I was, and I mean, I chased everybody, I would chase a cat if it got out of the car and ran on me. That's I was that guy, you know, as hardcore as I was. I don't know if I would be as proactive as I was back then. And proactive policing, it leads to gun arrest it leads to arrest based on warrants it leads to drug arrest and and it keeps crime down but here we are in a current mindset that says well if i stop this individual i'm going to be seen as racist if i stop this individual and they resist arrest if I have to use the amount of force necessary to affect my arrest, I'm going to be seen as using too much force. If I stop this individual and he pulls a weapon on me, or if he's making furtive movements, even though he's told me there's a gun in the car and I don't know exactly what he's doing, and then if I fear for my life at that exact moment and then shoot this individual, then I'm going to be seen as racist. Not including. My entire. Police history. To see oh were there any complaints. Of racism were there any complaints. As, of of uh, excessive force. Were there any complaints. Period. No. Nope. We're not going to look at all that. All you're going to look at is. You were a police officer. You used too much. deadly. Too much force, you use deadly force, you violated his civil rights, you stopped him because he was black. That's all people are looking at right now. So it's no wonder Chicago is in the state it is right now. It has nothing to do with police reform. We need an entire mental reform, right? Not police, but society. Because We have been so brainwashed. Well, not me. I'm not putting myself in that category, but we've been so brainwashed to always take the side of the individual that was either killed by police, arrested by police, whatever, right? And not taken to accountability of their actions. Michael Sterling, who robbed a store 10 minutes before he was shot and killed, And Ferguson. Alton Sterling, who pulled a gun on someone eight minutes before he was killed, who resisted arrest, who had a gun in his pocket. At the time he was resisting arrest, who had done that before with police just a year prior. Right. No one takes that into account. The only thing that seems to matter right now is if you're black and you get killed by police, or you encounter police, then it's automatically the police's fault. There's automatically a racial disparity going on in the community. Well, here's the, the true disparity, right? I just named some names, and I can name a few right off the top of my head. Freddie Gray, Alton Sterling, Michael Brown, Fernando Castile, Walter Scott. I can name those names All day, every day. But here's the disparity. Who can go back and call out the 762 names in Chicago? Who can go back and call the 3,550 names in the city of Chicago? That is a disparity because it's a media disparity. Because we get blasted. We get it thrown down our throats about how. This poor individual who didn't do anything ever in his life was killed by police when we know it's not true. But as long as it's black on black crime, nobody seems to be in an uproar about that. You don't think that these 762 families mourned the same way Michael Brown's did? You don't think the 762 families mourned the way Alton Sterling's family did? You don't think the families of the victims of Alton Sterling weren't affected when he was out committing criminal acts? That's the true disparity that society latches on to individuals who come in contact with police. And just like the song said, you're nobody until somebody kills you. You don't seem to be anyone. And I'll add a line to it. You're no one till someone kills you if that someone is police, because we got 762 names that we've never heard of. But God forbid that was 762 black males killed by police. CNN would still be running specials on it right now, irregardless of what they did to lead to police interaction. CNN would be all over this story. Hillary used it as the basis of her campaign, and we see where it got her, because the mass majority saw right through it. But there is your disparity. There's your racial disparity. It's not about police mistreating the community. Has it happened? Yeah, but we are in 2017. Let's focus on the real issues. Let's focus on why were there 3,000 plus guns in the city of Chicago? If you want to talk reform and you want to talk gun control, and Chicago supposed to have one of the most strict gun control Laws there in the country. What's the problem? Oh, that's right. I know what the problem is because gun control only affects your law abiding average citizen who has the constitutional right to bear arms because criminals, gang members, drug dealers aren't buying their guns at gun stores. And those guns that are on the street in Chicago are not being caught because of what? No proactive policing. Even the superintendent said it. Hey, arrest her down. And when arrest her down, guess what? Crime goes up, right? If you're not arresting the bad guy, (laughs) guess what they're doing? They're out shooting. They're out robbing. They're out selling drugs. They're out raping. They're out stealing. That's what they do. So what does Chicago do in 2017? Well, here's what they can do. They can man up and say, hey, look, we don't care if someone is watching us with cell phone video. When I was policing, I knew there were people watching. You know, there weren't that many smartphones and all this other stuff way back then. But I knew people were watching. But in the back of my mind, I knew if I was acting in accordance with the use of force continuum. I was covered regardless of what someone may think they saw or what they perceive they saw. I knew I was covered. And again, I was that guy that would chase a cat. If it got out of the car and ran on me, I was a proactive police officer. I got plenty of guns off the street. I got plenty of drugs off the street. I got plenty of people wanted for murder off the street based on proactive policing. And that's what the city of Chicago needs to get back to if they want to get a grip in 2017. Like, Hey, this is the nature of the beast. When you're in policing and when you're in a city like Chicago, you are going to have to use force against a suspect because remember the use of force continuum Allows you to use the amount of force necessary. So if the suspect is resisting and you have to punch said suspect, guess what? You can punch said suspect. Now, someone videotaping is going to say, oh, man, he punched him. Oh, oh, why he punched him like that? Well, because he's resisting arrest and the law says I can use the amount of force necessary. So you resist and I catch you with the elbow like it's an MMA fight. Guess what? I'm going to catch you with an elbow. I'm probably going to knock you out. Then I'm going to arrest you. But you know what? I'm going to go home at the end of the day. Yeah, we can talk police reform. Mayor Rahm Emanuel can just, you know, puke that until he's blue in the face. But what he really needs to start preaching is crime reform. What he really needs to do is go sit down with his police officers and say, hey, listen, I know we're under the microscope, but I will have your back if you are doing everything by the book. No matter what people say, no matter how many Black Lives Matter movement protests we have, no matter how many letters I get demanding someone's resignation, I will have your back as your leader if you. Are doing the right thing. Now, if you're doing the wrong thing, then obviously I won't have your back, right? But if you're doing the right thing, hey, I support you 100%. Because outside of the Black Lives Matter protesters and the Benjamin Crumps and everyone else that we always see, there's a mass majority of your average citizens in the city of Chicago who are living in terror remember more people were killed this year in chicago than in some middle eastern country of people killed by terror attacks so you don't think those people in chicago are just sick and tired of that you don't think they're tired of having to sit in their house houses in fear of being shot you don't think they're tired of probably sleeping on the floor because there's gunshots going on all times of night and they don't want to catch a straight bullet to the noodle. I think there's a lot of people in the city of Chicago right now that would actually support their police, that would actually support them in doing proactive policing. I bet the family of that nine-year-old boy who was shot in an alley like a dog would welcome proactive policing because guess what that probably could have done. It probably could have taken that gun off that gang member who shot that little boy for something his idiotic father did, right? I would bet Dwayne Wade would welcome proactive policing in the city of Chicago because proactive policing probably could have led to an arrest of the person that shot her long before she came in contact with him. Hmm. Proactive policing. It works. It works. It works. But when you're reactive, you're reacting to the situation, right? So if you're reacting to a robbery in progress, A carjacking. And we've seen video in Chicago of a carjacking suspect who was shot and killed by police. And of course, everyone was in an uproar because he was black and the officer was white. Again, not taking into account what he did to lead up to his interaction with police. When you're reactive, you react to the situation. So if I'm reacting to an armed robbery suspect, what do you think my mentality is? is going into that call i heard the word armed i.e gun knife whatever and robbery i.e a felony right so i'm not going in there thinking as a police officer that i'm going to go de-escalate the situation there is no de-escalation at that point because the crime has already escalated it to a felony a deadly situation because they're armed So that's how I'm going to react. And that's why in the city of Chicago, when you see videos and you see all of this uproar about how someone was treated by police and it's automatically racial. No, it's situational. Don't come at me with a gun. Don't come at me with a knife. Don't carjack someone, go shoot someone, then run from police with the gun in your hand, turn around and point the gun towards police not expect to die because I'm reacting to the situation. I'm reacting to the suspect's level of resistance, deadly force, you name it. That's how I'm reacting as a police officer. So if you want to fix Chicago, I'm telling you the only way to get back to it, the only way to get back to it is to do proactive policing. Here's another troubling stat, right? For, for Chicago in 2016, 8,300, 8,300 illegal guns were recovered in Chicago. That's up 20% from 2015. Gun control, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. 8,300 guns recovered. Can you imagine 8,300 guns? The city of Chicago Police Department doesn't have 8,300 guns. But then people expect police to come by and sing Kumbaya when they show up to the scene. When they're already outgunned. And most of the time outnumbered. 8,300 guns. That's more than the police department has. 762 murders, over 3,000 shootings, and it's a police issue, right? It's a racial issue, right? No. Quite simply, it's a crime issue. And it's a, an accountability issue. No one wants to take accountability for their actions. That's all it boils down to. It's not these racist cops going around just targeting the black man. Because remember, I worked the projects of East Nashville. I wasn't out to just go get the black man and keep the black man down. No, I worked the projects of East Nashville because demographically, that's where the crime was the highest. And demographically, that's where most police officers were assigned. It had nothing to do with me wanting to go in there to prove that I'm better than the other black man. No, quite simply. Oh, well, the murder rate is higher in James Casey homes. The drug rate is higher in James Casey homes. The shooting rate is higher in James Casey homes. So Vince, you are assigned to James Casey homes. Okay. Versus, well, the cat stuck in the tree out, <laughs> In West End, oh, well, someone knocked on the door and left the package and she wants the police to come check it out over in Franklin, you don't get too much police response to low crime areas. It's not racial, it's demographic. And in 2017, if the city of Chicago does not wake up and do those things, the proactive policing. The accountability. You think 762 is a big number? (laughs) Just wait until 2017. And when it comes to an end, you think 3,500 shootings is a big number? Wait until 2017 when it comes to an end. If they don't change their mindset. If they don't get back to doing what they're supposed to do. Protecting and serving. But if police are not showing up. If they're not out. Proactively looking for criminals. Who are they protecting and serving? Oh, that's right. That's right. The refugees, because it's a sanctuary city, right? That's who they're protecting and serving. Joke. A joke. A joke. Again, millions of dollars paid by taxpayers to protect refugees in the city of Chicago, but they can't protect the average grandmother, the nine year old little boy walking home from school. The mother walking her daughter in the stroller. We can't protect them, but we can protect refugees because that's what we do here in the city of Chicago. Mr. Mayor, uh, I urge you really to wake up and maybe I should like move to Chicago and run for mayor and get that city straight. But I urge the city of Chicago to wake up, fix the problem that they have. If you, one city, has a crime rate a murder rate higher than two of the largest cities in the world. There's a huge problem there. All right, it's time for roll call. And and sadly, I have to report on a death uh, of a Pennsylvania state police officer whose end of watch was Friday, January 30th. He didn't even make it into the new year. And as I was reading over this, this actually uh, hit me kind of hard. Um, just really based on uh, this trooper's age. He's 23 years old, uh, 20 years younger than me. He'd only served on the Pennsylvania State Police for about a year. Um, but he was responding to a domestic violence. And you know I've said a thousand times that's one of the most next to traffic stops, dangerous situations police officer can ever be in. Uh, he, he was responding to to the home to investigate a protective order violation uh, when he was shot and killed by the individual uh, who later fled, but was caught the next day and then shot and killed by police. Uh, He served again with the Pennsylvania state police for only one year. Uh, He is survived by his wife. So can you only imagine how she had to bring in the new year of 2017 with her husband dying just one day? before the new year that is very sad very tragic uh but i want to thank trooper uh, landon weaver for his service godspeed to him my prayers to his wife to his family that are left now going into 2017 without their loved one who was out doing exactly what he loved to do what he swore to do protect and serve i thank him for his service I thank you for an amazing, amazing, amazing 2016. And hey, let's make 2017 that much better. Thank you and good night. To continue the conversation,
0: get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. This is a fabulous sports big Quick fix on Radio Influence. The woman has this alligator whose name is Rambo. She dresses him up in her clothes. He's five feet, eight inches, and she takes him to parties, and people are, he's holding on to them, and I don't want to say anything, but isn't this thing pretty much to rip your hand off? Uh, You know, it's supposed to put your your head in it because you know they're drunk. I mean, if she's running around and this thing is on her ATV, the motorcycles, and Rambo wears clothes. This is Florida. The Fabulous Sports Babe can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.